Okay, well, please turn to chapter 11 of Hebrews for our communion meditation. We will be reading verses 8 through 10, the word of the Lord. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Father, having examined ourselves, confessed our sins, found forgiveness, help us to learn more deeply about the faith that is a gift from you. We hunger for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there are a number of things that can be said about Abraham and the faith of Abraham. And in fact, there are a number of things said in the Bible about Abraham and his faith. But here in Hebrews 11, verses 8 through 10, we have some specific truths that the Lord wants us to pull out. And I think that we'll, we'll find those truths in, an answer to, in answers to two questions. And the first question is this. How much do we need to see of the future in order to believe it? How spelled out does it need to be for us to have faith in that? So that's the first question. And the second question, and related to the first, is how do we view our current circumstances with respect to the future promises of God? So I think as we, as we go through this, these short few verses here, we're going to find um, answers to these questions. So let's look at the text, starting with verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. So the first sentence shows that he obeyed, and he obeyed by faith, and that's that's the way our obedience should be all the time. It's not always that way all the time, but it should be that way all the time. Colossians 3.23 is a very familiar verse to us as homeschoolers. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Now, certainly this is for children and it's for all of us. All of us are under authority and we have opportunities to do things in faith to the Lord and not just to men. It says, to go out to the place he would receive as an inheritance. So Abraham is going to receive land. That's his inheritance. He's going to, he, he's, he's going to leave land and he's going to receive land. At least that's the promise. And he went out, the last sentence of verse 8, he went out not knowing where he was going. Okay, I ask you, how much did Abraham know about his inheritance? Did he know how many acres it would be? Did he know what the climate and soil would be like, the topography? Did he know if there was a city structure? Did he even know the location? No, he simply knew this, that he would receive an inheritance. Now, he needed to understand what an inheritance was. That's important. 
When we hear the promises of God, we need to understand the essence of that promise. Uh, Rodney alluded to this. When, when we're raising our children, that's why we catechize them. And we explain the promises of God so that they can have faith. In the parable of the sower, you know the parable of the, of the sower, the, the seeds and the different types of soil? Well, Jesus in that parable gives us the interpretation of that parable. I, I love when he does that for us, right? Um, and in, in Matthew 13, 23, he says this, but he who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit, uh, sorry, bears fruit and produce some a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. So in the middle of that, it's he who hears the word of God and understands it. So faith is essential, excuse me, understanding is essential for our faith. Part of faith is understanding the promise. So we need to know that. And Abraham knew what an inheritance was. But on some things, we are only given basic information. Here's an example, the resurrection. I don't know about you, but I do not know how this is all going to work out. Six feet under the ground in a wooden box, dark, and uh, somehow our bodies are going to come back to life and we're going to come out of that and be alive again. We have some indications about how that's going to happen, but the Lord leaves most of that unknown. But we are called to have faith in the resurrection. We need to know what the resurrection is, but the details of it, we don't know. Now, in salvation, he gives us more information. He gives us more about how that actually occurs. But some things, he doesn't give all the information, but he still requires faith. So back to our question. How much do we need to see of the future in order to grasp it by faith? Here's the answer. We need to know as much as God tells us. Whatever God tells us in his scripture, uh, he expects us to have faith in that promise. And we can. That's a wonderful, encouraging thing. We don't need to know all the details. But we can still have faith. Let's go to the second question. How do you view your current circumstances with respect to the promises of God? Let's read verses 9 through 10. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So by faith he dwelt in the land of promises in a foreign country, dwelling in tents. What does this mean? It means he had not received the inheritance. He couldn't put down roots at this time. Abraham is in a, a situation, a circumstance that is not conducive to the promise. It doesn't seem to equate. But yet his faith is still alive. It's still vibrant. Now, we have this a lot. We come up with circumstances and problems that don't seem to align themselves with the promise that the Lord has. And so what do we do? As good Calvinists, we say we're trusting in the sovereignty of God, and that's what we need to do. And we, and we, and we go to the Scripture, we pray, 
and we trust in this doctrine, and that's good and right. But I think that we can do that really well if we're precise in how we understand the sovereignty of God. The more rigorous we are at understanding how the sovereignty of God actually plays out, the more blessing it's going to be. And in this one, I think that we have a specific understanding of God's sovereignty that's going to help us. And this is it. That we know that God ordains not only the ends, but also the means to get there. Turn to Isaiah chapter 46 with me, please. Isaiah 46, and we'll read verses uh, 9 through 10. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Now that beginning clause there in verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning, Essentially what that means is God's got it all the way from the beginning to the end and everything in between. That's important. The, the, the Westminster Divines thought that this was important enough to put it in, in the confession. In chapter 3, uh, we, we read... Um, we read that God, by the counsel of His own will freely and unchangeably ordains whatsoever comes to pass. And also later in that chapter on, on, in the confession, speaking of salvation, the authors write that God foreordained all the means thereunto. In other words, for predestination is not just who's going to be saved and who's not going to be saved, but how they're going to be saved. And we can apply this to every promise of God. It's not only that God ordained the promise, he ordained how we're going to be there. And so when Abraham is in the tents, he's able, by the understanding that God ordains not only the end but the means, to have faith as he is dwelling in those tents. Now, Abraham didn't do this perfectly. Go back and look at Genesis and you're going to see a lot of failures and sin that even Abraham had. Abraham's not the author of our faith. We are not the author and finisher of our faith. God is, and so we're very thankful in that. In one sense, we are all living in tents today. Okay, We are called out by God as Abraham was. We have an inheritance as Abraham did. We are living in many ways and conditions that don't seem to fit with the future inheritance. Yet, if we remember these two things, that God may not give out all the details of how we're going to get to the promise. And if we remember that God ordains the means, the intermediate circumstances, as well as the ends, we can have our faith increased. We'll understand the sovereignty of God a little bit more and be able to apply it. And Abraham gives us a good example of that. Let's pray.
Father, we are blessed to see the specific example of faith in Abraham. You give us some promises where we understand fully how it's going to play out. But some you do not. And yet you give us faith. You give us understanding to still understand the promise. And Lord, help us to understand that you ordain not only the ends, but also how we will get there. Help us to grasp this mentally and emotionally so that we will be more faithful. In Jesus' name, amen.